Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing fantastic. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm Dr. Daff, and we are continuing our book, Understanding the Purpose and Power of Women, God's Design for Female Identity by Dr. Miles Monroe. I want to start off by saying I apologize for the last episode. The audio quality was distorted and so you weren't able to enjoy it. So hopefully that won't be the case this time around. I want to start off by reminding you that this year we are cultivating an elegant year, meaning I want you to take some time to do things that will help bring elegance into your life every single week. And this week, your elegant opportunity is to have fresh blooms in your home. For those of you who like taking walks and picking flowers or enjoy going to the grocery store and picking up roses and tulips and fresh blooms from different maybe farmer's markets or things in your neighborhood, it's the perfect time to do it as spring is approaching. Or for those of you who want to order flowers for yourselves. It is a beautiful and special experience to order flowers for yourself. You do not always have to wait for someone to send you flowers. There may be some of you listening who have never been sent flowers from a man, and that's fine. It doesn't matter. You can send yourself flowers and enjoy flowers once a month, once a week, whatever your fancy. There are some people who even have flowers sent to their business so that their desk can have fresh blooms on it once a week. It's an added luxury, but it's something that really does help uplift your mood. So this week's opportunity is for you to get some fresh blooms in your home in every room of your home, meaning you can pick flowers or you can take a bouquet and just cut one rose one lily, one tulip, and put it in a glass jar, fill it up with some water and put one in your bathroom, put one in your kitchen, put one in your den and just surround your home with fresh blooms. It really does freshen up the room. It smells nice. It just makes you smile when you see something beautiful sitting in the corner of your room. That is your opportunity for this elegant week fresh blooms for every room of your home. Now I want you to go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, and let's talk about God's design for your life, my dear. Being equal to men, yet different. Regardless of what culture and society say, the highest worth and dignity were given to the female by God in creation. She was created equal with the man and was given the task along with the male of having dominion over the earth and fulfilling God's purposes in both the physical and in the spiritual realms. Males and females are not ultimately different in nature because society has imposed its standards on them. They're not different because of environment. They're not different because of family upbringing or culture. Men's opinions throughout history did not make males and females different. Males and females are different because of their design in creation. If you try to change the design of something, you're looking for trouble. For example, everything that's in your car was put there by the manufacturer, and he knows why he put it there. You can decide, I want the battery in the trunk. You have the authority to move the battery because it's your car. You can take the battery out of the engine and put it in the trunk. However, then try to start your car. It won't work. Over the years, we've been trying to change the design of people and that won't work either. We need to understand God's purposes. I believe that half of the things that we hate about others are qualities that can actually benefit us. And this is in relation to maybe family members, coworkers, children. I believe that when God created families, He purposely placed people who have different personalities, different interests, different temperaments together and forced us essentially 
created a space for us to learn how to live, tolerate, adapt, love, be graceful in those situations. Because our family unit is what sort of shapes us and molds us to be able to go out in the world and deal with different personality types. You know, when I think about people in my immediate family, I'll be honest with you, I probably would never be friends (laughs) with these people by my nature. Like they don't necessarily have the, the qualities I would be most attracted to. And I think that's probably not that unique. I think a lot of people look at their family and say, oh, like, why do I have to be in this family? But it's a beautiful thing because it's something that really helps you to open your eyes to people's differences and prepares you for that coworker or that boss or that person you're going to date. And you'll know exactly how to handle them because you've dealt with this. So it's not a punishment. It's a way of God creating multifaceted, just colorful spaces when you think of this world and how God created everything, right? The flowers, the the plants, the trees. I mean, just look at a forest, look at your community. Like there's so many different kinds of trees, so many, so many. They're all trees and they're all different. They all have different heights, different widths, different colors, different fruit on them. Same thing goes with flowers. Same thing even goes with like the water. Different oceans look different in different places. I mean, God is a God of creativity and there are always different forms of things that he creates. And that's the same with us. That's the same with your family or your coworkers or even your children. You know, people have children and they're like, This child is nothing like the next. And it's like, your children are pretty much never going to be the same because they're so different, even with the same DNA. And it's something that sometimes makes us really upset because we don't like the people that we're forced to be around, but there is beauty on the other side of that. I believe that half of the things that we hate about others are qualities that can actually benefit us. However, we usually hate what we don't understand. Over the last 23 years that I have been walking with the Lord, I have concluded that when a person doesn't like someone, the person needs grace because he lacks understanding. He or she is merely in a present state of ignorance. People have hatred, bitterness, and envy towards one another because they are ignorant of God's purposes. This is what happened between men and women. God made the products to fulfill their purpose. The female and the male both have dominion, yet they each execute this overall purpose in a different manner. Their basic assignment is the same, but the execution of it is different because men and women have different specific purposes, different designs, and different physical bodies. Their authority is manifested and carried out in different ways. I hope that makes sense. The major difference between a man and a woman is that the woman has a womb and can bear children. Again, you could say that the woman is a wombed man. The womb gives a woman a different component in the human makeup. Therefore, God put different circuits into the wombed man in order to operate this component. The woman is the same as a man. She is just like the man. However, her womb requires that her circuits function a little differently in order to allow the womb to fulfill its purpose. And another difference between a man and a woman is that the woman is designed primarily as a receiver. And the man is designed primarily as a giver. This, of course, does not imply that a woman does not give. On the contrary, her nature is to give and to keep on giving. What this means is that the woman was taken out of the man at creation and that she was designed to receive his love. It means that she was made to be a receiver. In this role, she has many qualities that complement the man, 
which we call differences. So we as women were made to be receivers. And this is something I talk about often when I talk about femininity and what we as women are designed to be because so many of us women struggle with receiving. And this comes from so many different places, how you were raised, your own self-image and what you think you deserve, who it's coming from, and your intentions or the motives you think that this person may have. It's something that blocks your blessings, especially when you have no reason to be skeptical of the gift that the person's giving. You know, sometimes we get so in our heads as women, we overthink things and we lose out on opportunities, whether it's someone just giving you a hand with something so you don't have to strain your body or, you know, I think us women oftentimes undermine why we have to be protected in certain ways because society has stressed this idea that men and women are equal, which we are in essence, but our bodies, the bodies that we're in require different levels of care. And so a woman shouldn't be lifting up a couch on her own. If she has absolutely no one to help her and that's the only option she has, then I guess, but The truth is that shouldn't be something she's running to go do. If there's a man available, a man should be doing that. And it's not just, oh, because I'm a woman, I should be sitting down, drinking my tea and just watching you work. It's not because of that. Your body requires that you are safe because you do contain a womb. And if your body is altered because of excess strain or excess work or, you know, just excess anything really, that can compromise the very thing that brings life into this world. And because that is so important, we have to be careful about how we treat ourselves. We have to be a little bit more delicate. And that's a strength. It's not a weakness. You're holding something so powerful and so precious and so beautiful that you need to protect it. You need to protect it. It's like a person who is wearing a 50 carat diamond ring, this huge rock sitting on her finger. This woman shouldn't be flinging her hand around, doing a bunch of housework with the ring. She should either not be doing all of that work or take the ring off. But the idea is that she's mindful that she has this huge thing on her hand that could break if she's not careful about how she moves around. And it's the same thing with your womb. It's this precious diamond inside of your body that's there and very present, even though you may not be able to obviously see it, it impacts how you live and it impacts how you will bring life into this world if it's compromised. So we as women have a lot of different things about our bodies. It's not just our womb. Other body parts that we have need to be shielded and protected and managed differently than a man. And that's a compliment. It doesn't take anything away from you. It's to protect you. But internally, yes, you are equal to men. And unfortunately, our society is always trying to blur the lines, trying to make us feel like just because we feel like something we are. And I know this is something that a lot of us in this time period, I can say, a lot of young people especially, are truly struggling with because they don't understand God's design. They don't understand what they are and why they are what they are. The enemy has done a really good job of confusing people to say, because I feel like I am this, this is what I am, right? And my heart goes out especially to young people because working with teenagers for so many years and seeing the levels of depression and suicidal ideation skyrocketing within the last five years, most of it is due to identity, due to gender identity. And our children, our very precious children who are teenagers, have the highest risk of suicide when they struggle with identity. And it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking because they are so young and because they weren't taught 
what they are, why they are what they are, and how to live and grow in that. They feel like they're separate from who God made them to be, and that will make you feel depressed. So this kind of information is so important to understand your identity as a woman, even before understanding your identity as yourself, because it's such a big part of who you are. Even though we all know the differences between men and women, and we know that these differences exist, most of us have problems with this fact because we believe that by being different, it means being inferior or superior to others, especially inferior. Don't confuse being different with being lesser. Different doesn't imply inferiority or superiority. Different simply means different. A woman is not less than a man because she's a woman. And a man is not more than a woman because he's a man. It's like looking at two pieces of fruit. An apple is different than an orange. But an orange is not better than an apple because the skin around the orange is hard and the skin around the apple is soft. They're different, but they're both fruit. They're both good for you. They contain different nutrients, but they're both beautiful colors. They grow in different seasons and different spaces, and they bring nutrients and life and health to those who consume them. We're all different. We're all unique. And God has ensured that just with the way that he's designed us. All of us have a fingerprint that no one before us ever had and no one after us will ever have. This distinction is an indication of how God created all of us to be different and how he wants us to remain distinct, even in our unity with others. It's sad when a person tries to become like someone else. If you try to be like someone else, you are preventing yourself from being who you were created to be. You shouldn't try to be like anyone else because if you try to be like someone else, you're missing God's best for you. On television, I saw a picture of a little child with the caption saying, missing. The Lord spoke to me and said, I have many children who are missing. Some of you may be missing. You are present in the world, but missing in regard to fulfilling the specific purpose for which you were created. You are behaving like someone else instead of yourself. God is saying to you, I want you to stop trying to be like someone else and be who you are. God has special plans for you if you will be who he created you to be. He has given you your personality, your gifts for a specific reason. For we are all God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In Ephesians 2.10 says this, this is so important. Be who God created you to be. I know social media is so poisonous for this very reason because we're exposed to so many people and it's so easy to get pulled into another person's identity because we see what people like, we see what works, we see and we admire or we envy and that can be very challenging. And and I even see videos sometimes where people will say like, doing my makeup like this celebrity or wearing the clothes that this celebrity wears. And literally, like, they purchased the clothes that this particular celebrity wore or they're doing their hair exactly like the celebrity. And it's fine for media consumption. It's fine for a video idea. But when you think about it, in essence, if you really bought the wardrobe of someone else or you really do your makeup like this celebrity every day, thinking this is what makes you beautiful, that is very, very sad. You're essentially living someone else's life. God made you different because of the purpose that he had in mind for you. The same is true for everyone else. Everything about you is made for why God created you. It is very, very, 
very tragic when we conform. What we believe that we should look like due to outside influences. And I won't go too deep into this, but I am just going to say this is why plastic surgery is something that I think can be a big problem. A big problem if you are not able to live with the features that God has given you. Everything about you, from the way you look, the way you sound, your height, who you were born to, where you were born in the world, everything, every single thing about you that hasn't been altered was made for a reason. God created you. He crafted you. You were made by design. You were a special design created for a purpose. So you're not just manufactured like, okay, I'm just going to make 50 million Asian women and 25 million Arab women. Like that's not how God did it. He sat there and crafted, what will Melanie look like? Melanie is going to look like this. Her hair will look like this. Her eyes will look like this. Her eyelashes will look like this. The way she smiles will kind of go up in this little way and it'll be like kind of like a, a sneering smile, a little bit different than other smiles because I want her smile to stand out. You know, everything, every single thing was created so that you could have a specific purpose. I have my son watching this lady on YouTube sometimes and I found her through a lot of other moms who love her. Her name is Miss Rachel and she does like these children's videos on YouTube and she has the cutest voice that she uses to make her videos and she could I'm sure she just probably sounds like this, but she has a very high-pitched, cheery voice. And it's like, hi, guys. Today, we're going to talk about animals. And when you hear her voice, you're like, wow, her voice is so cute. Her voice was given to her by God to sound like that for a reason. Maybe growing up, people said her voice was too cutesy, too young sounding, too this and too that. Maybe she didn't sound like a sexy woman, right? And who knows? She could have felt a certain way about the way she sounded. But her voice was created like that so that she could be a person who creates content for babies. And she is so successful doing this. And imagine if she try to change her voice to sound a certain way because that's what she felt like a woman should sound like. Everything about you was created for a reason. And be careful before you start changing certain things about yourself. Because if you have this humongous nose that you think is so ugly and that society says is so ugly, but God wanted your nose to be on television as a news anchor, Juliet, the news anchor with the big nose so that some little girl watching you on television could see you and say, wow, my nose looks like her. People with my nose could actually be on TV and give that little girl hope. Everything in your life is not about you. Everything in your life is not about you. I know this society is all about me, 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 but I promise you, It's not about you. And so once you're able to zoom out and trust God and seek God so that he can strengthen you in the areas that you're insecure about, he will start to show you why he made you the way he made you. Equal, just different. So you were not made to fit in. You were made to stand out in a way that's unique to the way God designed you. And that's a beautiful thing. Make sure you think about this before changing things about yourself because just changing something can hinder God's purpose in your life. The result of the fall was humanity's fellowship with God was broken. And in the fall, I'm talking about Adam and Eve when they fell from the kingdom. It was humanity's fellowship with God's brokenness. It broke in that moment after the fall. Remember that man was created to receive God's love. Yet Adam and Eve's sin and rebellion separated them from God. God still loved them, 
but they could no longer have the same open channel to God to receive his love. Second, Adam and Eve experienced death, just as God had said they would. They did not immediately experience a physical death, yet the remarkable spirit that God had placed within them, the spirit that distinguished them as made in his image, suffered a death. While they still retained elements of their creation in God's image, they no longer perfectly reflected the nature and character of God, their creator. They were destined to die physically at some point. Third, Adam and Eve suffered the loss of their perfectly balanced relationship. So when Adam and Eve were created, and when God first created humans, he did not intend for us to die. With their sin, created death. And when God said, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die, that was the penalty. That was the curse. And that's why God himself had to come down as Jesus, had to send his son, Jesus Christ, and had to die to pay for our sins. So when people say that Jesus died for your sins, what they're really saying is Jesus died so you don't have to die because you would have been the one dying. So he died in place of you dying because you had to pay for your sins with death. That was the curse with death. So he stood in place for you, essentially. In the Bible, it reads, to the woman, God said, this is after they sinned and God was creating the curse because God is the one who created curses. And I just listened to a really powerful message from Prophet Lovi, who is the pastor of Revelation Church here in California. He did a really powerful uh, live video talking about curses because people are, are so afraid of curses and people always think that they're being cursed by a witch and this and this and that. So he went in a deep dive about curses. And one thing that he mentioned was that the first, the first, 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 first one to ever talk about a curse is God himself. God is the one who started the idea of curses because everything that the devil does, everything that the enemy does is just a false replication of something God did. The devil doesn't come up with anything new or creative on his own. It's always a a distortion of something that God has already done. So God cursed the earth, the, the, the ground first. And then God said that I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the fields. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. After Adam and Eve rebelled, God made some specific statements to the woman. I want to strongly emphasize that these statements were not curses. It was brought up to believe that God cursed Eve. The teachings of my Sunday school classes insinuated that this is what God did. However, this was not the case. God was telling Eve the natural consequences of rejecting his purposes. So the curse wasn't on Eve, the person. The curse was, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. That was a curse, and she allowed herself to fall into the ramifications of that. The Bible does not say that God cursed the man and the woman. It said God cursed the ground. In other words, he said to Adam, it is the earth that is going to feel the impact of your disobedience. Because of this, you will have to struggle to survive in it. Moreover, he did not curse the woman by making her a childbearer. He didn't say just for that, you're going to have children and it's going to hurt. And I want to add that 
in the scripture, it does say that he will greatly increase the pain and childbearing, which in my personal studying, perceive that to be that there was already going to be some pain and it will increase because that is the word that I see is that it will be increased. That is something that, you know, maybe it's up for debate, but I'm not sure if that was something that would have been different. In addition to that, it says that the ability was established before sin came into the picture to bear children. Eve already had the ability to bear children so that humanity could reproduce. So having children in and of itself is not a curse and it's not a punishment. The pain in childbearing was a punishment. God made it clear that pain, not the ability to have the child, was a product of the fall. And again, that's what the book says. And I see that the pain will increase. So maybe there would have been no pain. And then on top of that, he added pain and then turned up the heat on the pain. (laughs) Or maybe there would have been some pain and he greatly increased it. You can study that part out. Many women today consider childbearing and child rearing to be a burden because they do not receive enough support from this, from their spouse. Moreover, when a woman is a single parent, the burden becomes even greater. The scripture says in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. Both female and male were supposed to be fruitful. That meant that any babies Eve would bear would belong to both of them. God said to them in effect, don't just concern yourself with having dominion over the earth together. You have to bring up the children together too. Part of the result of the fall may be that too much of this responsibility has fallen to the woman, while the man has been preoccupied with taking dominion. Sometimes women also can be more concerned with involvement in the world rather than raising children. Having children and raising them is a lot of work. And that's why in some countries it's a communal thing. You know, raising children is done by not just the mother or the mother and the father, but by the entire the entire community, the aunts, the uncles, everyone is involved. But in America... That is definitely not the case. (laughs) Most of the time, whoever is a primary caregiver, sometimes a grandparent or an an uncle can help. But most of the time, if you want help with your child, you do have to pay for childcare or a babysitter. But it's not just about the daily routines of taking care of them, making sure that they're eating and that they're chained. It's about raising them. The time that you spend with your child where they're not in front of a television, they're not playing with a bunch of toys or a bunch of children, they're with you and you're you're teaching them. You're teaching them about God, about themselves, about safety. You're making sure that they're growing and becoming the people that God has created them to be. And it's a lot of work and it's very exhausting. It's <laughs> It's tiring in every way. And it shouldn't be something that you're doing by yourself as a woman. God never said that the woman has to be the one who raises the child. It's supposed to be a partnership. And unfortunately, a lot of these lines have been blurred with society and just the way that we as people decided that things were going to be divided. But children need both parents and children need God. It's important for you as a parent to spend time teaching your child about the Lord, even if they're babies, talking to them about God, playing worship music, dedicating your child to the Lord if you haven't done that. I know some people who are Christians have never actually dedicated their baby to God, but it's something that is so important spiritually. Remember, we are living in three places. We are body, spirit, and soul. We are spirit and we live in a body and we possess a soul. The spiritual world is what influences the physical world. Your child's spirit does need to belong to God, even as a baby. So if you haven't dedicated your baby to the Lord through your church, you can just call your church and say, I would like to dedicate my baby to the Lord. 
can someone please help me with this? That is a very important step spiritually for yourself and for your children. Now, continuing on, I got on a tangent there, but that's important. After the fall, both the man and the woman would still rule because the relationship would become distorted. First, God said to Eve that because of sin, your desire shall be for your husband. Once a woman gets married, she has a desire, a longing for her husband. Sometimes this desire can become controlling. Most of the time, this desire is hidden, but it's there. God also told Eve that the man would develop an attitude of rulership over her. He would feel like he has to dominate her. This was not part of God's plan. However, because of sin, the man's twisted perception of life would cause him to want to dominate the woman. And because of sin, the woman would continually desire to do anything to keep him. And most women would not like to admit that they have this desire. However, many marriage counselors can confirm that this exists. They have counseled women who have been abused by men, and they have wondered how these women take it. And the reason why is because of her desire for him. It's unhealthy, and a woman should never be in a situation where she is being abused by a man, whether it's physical abuse, whether he's sleeping with other women and she's aware of it, whether it's any form of abuse, emotional abuse, it shouldn't be tolerated. But this is the reason why you're able to say, wow, how do these women stay? While most women have a limit to their tolerance of abusive behavior, a woman's tendency is to have a longing for her husband. This desire is to please him at all costs. At the same time, the man tends to feel as if he has a right to lord over her. He will rule over you. Again, this was not God's original plan in creation. It's something that we developed and it's something that we have to manage because even though we have a desire for our husbands, a lot of women have allowed this desire to harm their children and have allowed men, whether it is their own husband or other men, to hurt their children, whether it's like physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, okay? If you're a mom and you know you have a gut feeling, you have something so strong inside of you that is telling you that your husband, your boyfriend, even if it's their father, it doesn't matter. If you have something in you that tells you something is not right, that they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing, it is your right and it is your duty, your responsibility as their mother to stop it and to put your trust in the Lord because ultimately God is who takes care of you. God is the one who fulfills your desires in your heart, who takes care of your finances, who takes care of your health and your children. But you as their parent, you've been given that responsibility and it is so devastating when I hear stories of mothers who have allowed their husbands to sexually abuse their children, who have allowed their husbands to say awful things to their children or to physically harm their children because they are too afraid of losing him or losing his financial support. It is awful. It is awful. So it is very heavy on my heart to stress this point as a mother. If you have any any, any inkling whatsoever that something funny is happening to your child, do something about it. While many women have a limit to their tolerance of abusive behavior, have a limit of tolerance, they do tend to still long for their husband. At the very honor of humanity's rejection of God's purpose, God promised a redeemer who would save men and women from their fallen state and ramifications. And that Redeemer, of course, is Jesus. This Redeemer would restore the relationship and partnership of males and females. Jesus Christ, that Redeemer. Because of Him, men and women can return to God's original design for them. Purpose, peace, 
and potential can return to humanity. A return to God's plan, however, means a return to God himself. It means coming back to God through the Redeemer, yielding your life to him and asking him to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you will be able to live in his original plan for you. When you do this, God will do an amazing thing. He will cause the human spirit within you, which is dead as a result of the fall, to come alive again so that you will be able to reflect his character and his ways. As you return to God and continually yield your spirit to God's spirit, you will be able to fulfill the purposes for which you, my love, were created. And so I want you to think about yourself as a woman and think about, are you comfortable with your gender? Have you accepted your gender and the differences to the opposite sex? Maybe you're raised with a lot of boys. Maybe you're raised by your father or you're raised in a situation that makes you feel like you are less than because you're a girl. You're getting picked on because you're a girl. Are you angry at God for making you a woman? Are you able to be what you believe a woman should be? Are you able to receive? Are you able to put your foot down when you know something is not right, even though you desire your husband? It's important for you to give your life to Jesus and allow God to fill you with his spirit. Because without that, spiritually, you are dead. Spiritually, you are separate from God. And that's why you're not able to overcome so many things that you're struggling with or even know yourself because you don't know him. I want you to take a few moments and tell God this desire. Tell God what you want. Tell God that you're angry with him. Tell God what would make you feel whole. And he hears you. He hears you. And whatever bitterness you're holding on to, anger, resentment, God is there to take it away by his love because he loves you so much. And the enemy has tried to confuse you and make you think that he made a mistake when he made you. He made absolutely no mistakes. And he made you way before the beginning of time with a purpose and with perfection. God has a special plan for you. He has given you your gender, your personality, and your gifts for good reasons. Read Jeremiah 1.5 and then ask God to enable you to accept who he created you to be and thank him for fulfilling his purpose in your life as you give yourself to him and in his way. So there is a beautiful prayer in the book where you can give your life to Christ in a way where you are showing how much it means for you to want the image and likeness that God created for you when he designed you. And if you want to pray this prayer with me, just agree with me in spirit and receive these words, praying them onto the Lord. Heavenly Father, I want to fulfill the purpose for which I was created. I know that this purpose became distorted through the fall of mankind and my own disobedience to you. However, I want to love and serve you. I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I ask you to forgive me based on the forgiveness and redemption Jesus provided when he died for my sins on the cross and rose from the dead. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may truly reflect your image and likeness. Help me to fulfill the purposes for which you made me. I pray this in the name of Jesus, my Redeemer. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you are saved and you are filled with God's Spirit and you can now begin a brand new life where you reflect God's image. Because one thing that's so pure and true when it comes to God is that he's attracted to his image in us. He made us 
to be like him and his image and his likeness. But when he looks at us, he sees his son, Jesus. He sees himself. And the more you exhibit the traits that God put inside you that are are mirrored to him, the closer he is to you, the more you'll see your prayers answered, the more you'll see God move in your life when you reflect him. And we can talk more about what that looks like later, but there are qualities that God has that are in us as, as his women. And instead of being ashamed of those qualities, instead of letting people talk you out of these qualities, because the world is usually against God. So what TV, what other influencers, what music will tell you is usually wrong. It's usually wrong because it's usually based off of like how we feel, or what's been done to us, right? Versus God's standard, versus you being pure in the person you were made to be before other people took advantage of you or before other people hurt you. You being that pure person that you were meant to be. And that takes you leaning into God and allowing Him to show you what parts of you need to be shown and what parts of you need to be protected. And that only comes through your relationship with him. But just know for you women, you ladies out there who feel separate from who God has called you to be, or you feel separate from who God is even saying you are, you know, maybe you feel like you should be a certain kind of person, but that's just not you, right? You will only find out your true identity once you seek God. Once you come to him humbly in your private time and you tell him, Lord, I'm your daughter and I love you and I know how much you love me. I know I've made mistakes. I know that sometimes I don't like the way I look. I know I've made changes to myself. I know I have fallen into the patterns of what other people think, of what will give me attention, all the things that impact the way we live our lives. When you come to God truly and purely and humbly in your private time with him, he will transform you in those moments. He can take away your desires that you think are really yours, And they're really not. They really came from the enemy or other people or TV or your parents. He can wash those things away. He can renew your mind and cleanse you and purify you to the point where you don't even recognize yourself anymore. And you finally feel right. You finally feel like you belong in your skin. It takes a lot of undoing, but God can do that for you. He can do that for you. He wants to. So I encourage you to take some time this week to just spend time with God and allow yourself to think about how you feel about yourself as a woman, how you feel about men, your brothers, your father, your husband, co-workers. If you feel like they have advantages you don't have, if you feel like their lives are easier than yours, bring all of those things to God and ask him why. And then after you ask him why, because some people they'll ask God, why God, why? I do it too. (laughs) Try to listen because he will respond to you. And and not even just in the moment, definitely listen in the moment, just sit there and, and quiet or pray in your spiritual language, pray in tongues, but also listen throughout the day, listen throughout the week. He will answer those questions for you. He'll start bringing memories to light. He'll start bringing people to give you certain words and encouragement. He'll start leading you to certain videos or podcasts or people will send you things. And pay attention. Pay attention because a lot of times we miss God's voice because we don't know what he sounds like. So pay attention. Don't just say, God, why, why, why? If you're not going to let him talk. Allow him to speak too. Listen to what he has to say. And remember, it's all in love. It's all being told to you in love so that you can unravel your destiny. Because if you're too caught up in 
the things about you that you miss while you're here. And you have such a beautiful life designed for you. Everything about you is beautiful because you were designed by the best of the best of the best. You know, we love designer things, right? Designer perfume, designer handbags, designer shoes. We want the best of the best of the best when it's from a well-known, well-renowned designer. But you, your entire being, everything that you are made out of, your inner self and your outer self, you were designed by the ultimate designer of all. God himself designed you. You're a designer item. And it's time that you start behaving that way, acknowledging that, living in that, being proud of that. And you can, you can get there. It takes time, but you can. And I'm excited for what that's going to look like as we get through the next chapters of this book. We're going to talk about your uniqueness as a woman next time. And I hope that this is blessing you. I hope that you are changing and growing. I pray that the Lord is ministering to you. His angels are ministering to you as you read this book, as you listen to this podcast, as you go out during the week and live your life, that these words stay with you and create change inside and out. I love you all so very much. I thank you for being here and listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow me on my Instagram at the Dr. Dav Show and my personal Instagram is at Dr. Michelle Daff. Send me a message if there's something you want to share with me. If there's something you want me to pray for you about, let me know. Love you so much. And I will see you next week. Make sure to visit findforever.com and purchase a fragrance. If you love smelling good, definitely do that. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.